Will, will of all the stuff that's come down the pipe, where, where does the transfer portal fit right now? What, what's the good? What's the bad? Well, I, you know, regardless of what I say, it's not nothing's going to change. And give you a name tag. Yeah. I'm still looking for mine. Okay, I'll be back when I get one. Yeah. I'd get worried about my job. They'd give me a name tag. Um, but uh, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's here to stay, and that's that's uh, part of you know you as a head coach, you've got to manage your roster, uh, whether it's an undergrad or graduate situation, and and uh, so I think. It, it hurts us, and, and I think a lot of coaches would agree from the standpoint of the depth on your football team. And we had four guys this year that were graduate transfers. They're all good players. They're all good people. They graduated. Uh, they were going to contribute to our football team, uh, but they felt like they, they wanted another opportunity somewhere else. And, I, and I, you know, that's the rules, and you support that. So, um, but uh, I think it does hurt overall the depth and the quality of play. Uh, I think it's moving forward that's going to affect that. You know, to be honest, but uh, but it, it's here to stay, and you know, obviously, we got to manage it the best we can. Does that change how you name when kids are going to be starters? I mean, when you tell them, "Hey, you're going to start," I mean, do that, does that? No, I, I'm not going to sit there and make a decision based on something like that. I mean, well, be honest with the kid about where he is and, and where he is in the program, and you know, if he wants to go somewhere else, he needs to go somewhere else. Well, you used the phrase free agency last year or two years ago, even maybe that that was kind of your overriding concern. Do you feel with the ease of waivers, it appears they're easier to get now? Do you feel it's heading in that direction? I certainly do, but again, that's that's it's here to stay, so it's not going to change. It, you know, I just don't think it's anything's going to change as far as that's that's concerned. What sort of steps have you taken to kind of alleviate some of those roster management issues, numbers? <sighs> Guy either wants to be at South Carolina or he doesn't, and if he don't want to be at South Carolina, he needs to go somewhere else. And that's, I mean, I just. I want guys who want to be in our program, and if they don't want to be, go somewhere else. We're totally supportive. Do you have people managing the transfer portal now? Did you realign staff a little bit? We we have you know obviously in our recruiting department have people that, that see who who gets names get put in, but the, the numbers are kind of staggering. The, the number of names that have gone in, and the number of players that have landed Power Five, and the number of players that have not found a home. Period. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's. I don't know. Well, right off the top of my head, that was about two months ago. Somebody gave me some numbers on it, but uh, that's about it. Do you think that it's possible that players themselves will see that and maybe they'll regress a little bit and they'll stop wanting to go in the transfer portal? Probably not. Why do you think that is? Uh, you know, again, I, I think that uh, unfortunately in our society, the grass is always greener on the other side, and, and that's not always the case. And uh, but again, you know, when guys transfer, it's it, I, you hate to put a blanket statement on anything because it's it, every situation is different. When I was at the University of Florida, we had a young man that was from the West Coast whose family went through a lot, and he came to me and said, Coach, I love it here. I want to go to, you know, I need to get closer to home because of my family situation, and I agreed with him. And we petitioned the NCAA for immediate eligibility, and, and he was granted it. And, and that was a good transfer. I mean, he was contributing to our team. We didn't want to lose him, but I totally understood the situation. So you can't just blanket statement a transfer across the board they're all different and they all happen for different reasons so um, you know there's some good situations where a young man may just need a fresh start somewhere else you know Jonathan Gibson and I sat down you know a couple weeks ago and we felt like he needed a fresh start somewhere else so you know sometimes it's good and sometimes a young man can benefit from it
Well, what is your input on future scheduling in terms of uh, Power Five conference, uh, non-conference games, and uh, you, know, you have North Carolina this year? Do you, mm -hmm. you talk to Ray a lot about that? We do. We have a lot of discussion about uh, you know the exposure for our program. We, you know, certainly, uh, we love the neutral site games in Charlotte, whether it's in Atlanta. Uh, we had discussions, I think, two years ago about maybe Orlando. Um, so, uh, but we're we're aggressive as far as those things are concerned. I think our our schedule speaks for itself this year. You seen it? Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, but we're 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 you know always you know out to challenge uh, what we need to do to move forward. Well, you need to uh, keep adding those given uh, the possible expansion of the playoff. Again, I think you know I'm not you know as far as the semantics of all that, I'm not really you know sure of, but. Uh, Right now we're at four, and that works for me. So that's what I see. You've been at two places where you had a really good out-of-conference rival every year. Right. How does that change the dynamics of schedule? Well, I think, you know, again, you got to, you know, really in terms of being realistic about where, you know, where you are and the, and the, the, the schedule you're going to have each year. The, the, the hard part about the scheduling is you're going out six, eight, ten years to, to schedule some of these games, and you don't ever know where your program's going to be or who your playing's program's going to be at the time. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about going to a nine-game SEC schedule, which is just another difficult, you know, does that help our league moving forward? I don't know. We, we're doing very well right now in our league with an eight-game schedule and, and uh, the success that a lot of teams have had through the years. So, um, again, it is a little different when you do have a, a, your rival is not a conference opponent. Would you play anybody if they came to you and said, we want to add a, whoever Texas to the schedule? Is that fine, or do you feel like you've got enough challenging games? No, I think it's good for our fan base. I think it's good for our program. To, and the exposure, it helps in the program to, to play a challenging schedule. We already have one with our league and our rival. Uh, but, but playing another uh, Power 5 team, I'm all for it. Well, I think you might have the only team in the SEC that has a those those two guys, regardless of their skin color, are really good football coaches. They're outstanding people, uh, and I'm glad they're on our staff. But they that no decision was made by skin color. I can assure you of that. How do you feel? NFL, NFL recently banned Oklahoma drills and a few other drills. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, what's the Oklahoma drill? Yeah, I think y'all call it the cock drill. Okay, now you're now you're talking. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about there, man. When I was at Texas, we did a Texas drill. We did a, we did a Longhorn drill. I, mean, I, don't, I have no idea what an Oklahoma drill is. Um, but uh, we have we do some similar things, you know, as far as those things are concerned. And, and uh, I saw that uh, what the NFL statement was. And, and, you know, we'll continue to work with our medical staff and what's the safest way for us to be able to have a very physical football team. You still feel confident that the drill is safe and you feel good about that? I do. If the SEC came to you, if somebody came to you in these meetings and said, we're considering that, what would your response be? You if they make a rule about it, we're going to follow the rules. We follow the rules in South Carolina. But would you, but would you push back? Would you say, this is, I, I want to say this, this, this. I think, this, you know, obviously there's medical evidence that, that, that shows that it's a, it's a harm to your players and certainly we're going to take it into consideration, absolutely. Well, what's the... I guess the philosophical good of it. I mean, that's, that's a traditional drill that's been around since February. Well, it's a drill that teaches offensively, number one, to finish a block, to get your hands inside, to 
have play with pad level to do all the basic fundamentals that it takes that you do really on every single snap in a football game. Defensively, same thing. Great pad level, great explosion, great teaches you to get off of a block and make a tackle. It teaches a, a running back to finish a run, to run through contact. Uh, so the, the basic fundamentals of what you would say happens on every single football play, and it goes into that drill, whether it's a three-on-three -three drill or it's a one-on-one -on -one drill. And we've seen it a million times. Is there a bonding level there for the team? The team kind of gathers around? And... Well, I think, again, it's, uh, there's no call being made. It's just right. it's man-on-man -man and, and, and lining up and whipping somebody's ass. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. Will, how, how do you feel about your, your uh, running back recruiting uh, right now and going forward? A trick question or something? No. <laughs> uh, I feel very good about where we are. How, what do you feel Thomas Brown has added to that? For your running back? Well, I think Thomas is, is you know, I remember Thomas when he was at Tucker High School, and I was recruiting Tucker High School, and, and you go back and you remember his days as a running back at Georgia. I mean, he was a blue-collar, hard-nosed, um, work-ethic guy. Obviously, he was talented, but... Uh, he had a lot of the intangible qualities you look for, and I would say he's the same as a football coach. I mean, he's a he's a hard-nosed, tough uh, guy that works extremely hard. He's extremely bright, uh, but but has done a really good job for us. Well, there are no, no coaching changes in the SEC. Head coaching changes. What what does it mean to have that consistency in the league this year? Well, you don't have to get ready for a new opponent looking at somebody else's film like we will our first ball game, but. Uh, you know, again, I think there's some really good coaches in this league, and it's a tough league. And you know, week in, week out, you uh, obviously need to coach and play well. Uh, a lot of coordinator changes, though, so that kind of creates some challenges. But what, what uh, you know, how's that going to impact the season? Also, the escalating salaries. Do you see an end in sight for that? I mean, the coordinators are making what head coaches made 15 years ago. Right. Well, generally, it's, it's it's the market value, you know. And in order to keep really good coaches, you got to pay them. And, and I think we've got a really good staff, and that's part of it. Um, and as far as uh, what was your other question? In terms of the challenges, because there will be a bunch of coordinators, new coordinators. Uh, well, I think again, you've got to really digest the film as far as what will he do that he always does, and then what will he change with a different talent base. And I think those are always the questions you go into. As far as when you face a new coach or a new coordinator, uh, you know, philosophically, we understand who this guy is and what he's about. How much will he change with, with the players that he has? As the NCAA starts to look at potentially compensating or letting players be compensated for name, image, and likeness, do you have any concerns about what that might be? Or are you in support of that? Do you have I'm absolutely in support of it. You know, I think the cost of attendance is outstanding. I think we ought to, in my opinion, we can't because of the uh, DOG, but DOJ, but. Uh, you know, make that a flat rate across the board so everybody's the same, you know, in my opinion. But I've obviously, for some reasons, you cannot. Uh, but I, as, as much as we can help the players, we need to. Does it add a management level for a head coach if the running back is getting $20,000 from the car dealer and the offensive line is not? Or is that stuff you have to deal with anyway? Well, I don't think we're going down that road, so we're not at South Carolina. What are, you, what are you insinuating? If the NCAA says, if the NCAA says you can oh, okay. I got you. Again, I'm going to let the NCAA and whatever parameters they put on that, we'll handle it when, when it so happens. Do you, do you have concerns about what it does in a locker room? Or is that you deal with that kind of We'll stuff? deal with it when it comes. No. First-time first head coaches. There's a lot of guys preparing for their second season. Just going back to that experience for you, how did you change – 
I don't. I look at it a lot like a player. You know, as far as you know, anticipation of things that come uh, quicker, uh, whether it's within your staff, within your team. Uh, obviously, uh, the game slows down for you a little bit as far as not just the football part of it. I'm talking about all the other stuff, dealing with boosters. You know, the speaking engagements. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things put on your plate that you never had to deal with before. Uh, the, the ball is the same, and that, that doesn't change. But it, all, the, all the other things, as far as the roster management, recruiting, all the different things you've got to do, obviously uh, your anticipation of things, I think, become a little easier. Yeah, you've got Alabama on, on schedule on this to Clemson and Georgia. Does that change the way that you go about the offseason in any shape or form, knowing no. that it's going to be as rigorous in the fall? No. How does the running back position affect what you're able to do offensively and, and how you want to play football? having a guy that you need back there? Well, I think when you have a guy back there that can consistently um, make a guy miss or run through contact, because in most situations the defensive coordinators are going to have enough in the box to stop the run. You, you've got to have that guy that can run through contact and that can hit the home run um, and, and turn a four- to six-yard gain into a 60-yard gain. And uh, we haven't done that consistently at South Carolina in my three years. Flip it around as a defensive coordinator when you're preparing for a team and they have a guy who can do that, a special guy versus just a guy, how much harder is it? Oh, it's very difficult because you know that in a one-on-one matchup, it's not just about outnumbering someone in the box. you gotta, you got to whip somebody up front. you gotta, you got to be able to have multiple hats at the ball when you know that there's a guy that certainly can take it the distance at any chance. And then that's, it changes the game, absolutely. you got to let Coach go. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you, man.